Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have an oft-sought-after returning guest, Leah. Hi, Leah. Welcome to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back. No worries. It's always a pleasure to have you because you bring sometimes a very useful perspective, which even though we sort of live in a similar sort of a place in the world i miss so it's always nice to have you so i must tell our listeners one thing leah was kind enough to actually help record a podcast which i couldn't put out because of some audio issues so i'll start the episode by apologizing to leah because i couldn't rescue that audio it was not exactly my fault let's blame the audio recording software not naming any names something that starts with the last letter i'm told of the english language that made an issue so sorry about that leah <laughs> no it's 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 not a problem and i i think uh my my old my old microphone might have played a role in this as well so yeah well you fix that you have now a very potentially yeah professional looking headphone and microphone now it's it should be all good i have a simple gaming headphone so far it it serves my purpose but i also have a I also have a standalone desktop phone which I don't use anymore but I think I may have to dust it out that gives me the idea now going back let's first take a look at you know all the cricket that's happened in the last week or so so there have been two ODI series one with uh, India and Sri Lanka the other one is between Pakistan and New Zealand so New Zealand continue their tour of Pakistan it's still sort of a stalemate and we'll see that so first of all let's kick it off with uh, the india games so were you able to catch both the india games leah uh i was i was able to catch bits and pieces uh 
live, um, but um, I got to got to see the scorecards. Of course, uh, they were uh, on at a relatively inconvenient time for me. So um, yeah, yeah, okay, um, it happens. Um, was good. It was good to see um, some of the some of the individual innings. Um, well, but I guess we'll we'll talk about that. Absolutely. So let's start off with the first one. You were talking of time times. I mean, it starts bang in the middle of the workday. It starts at nine and it's a seven eight hour game. So you can expect it takes most of the day. So it's very tough to follow it. But I was also only able to sporadically catch some of the um, some of the action. But I mean. Look, the first one was sort of along expected lines, if anything, where, you know, India batted first, made a big score and subdued the opposition. This is like sort of a well-known template that India uses at home. So given that over the last 13 years, India have been unbeaten in 22 uh, bilateral series and lost only three. At mm. home, this is. Yeah, so that, that yeah. they are the kings, apparently, of home uh, bilateral series. Only when it comes to international multi-team tournament something happens but at least here Rohit Sharma started there was a bit of talk about him starting ahead of the likes of Ishan Kishan who hit the 200 in the previous game against Bangladesh right but Shubman mm. Gill was chosen and then Shubman Gill started Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill well they started as if each had a point to prove Rohit Sharma 83 Shubman 70 and then the rest of the order capitalized with Virat Kohli making a hundred a very quick hundred almost Virat Kohli of old so what it meant is even on a slightly big sort of a ground 373 for 7 was clearly above par so uh, what i remember uh, recalling is around 320 320 seemed to be a par score on this pitch because mm. of the ground speed and the size of the ground and so on so india were clearly above par kl rahul made a useful 39 as well um so sri lanka well kasun rajita and uh, dilshan madushanka they were the opening bowlers. The spinners had not a lot to write home about. And the all-rounders, Chamika Karunaratna, Dhananjay De Silva. So they really didn't come to the party. And it was to be expected that there would be a learning curve for some of the Sri Lankan bowlers bowling. So does this surprise you at all? The first ODI, how it went? Um, not really. Not really. It was a it was a um convincing victory by India. By the time there was um uh, after seeing um, Rohit's 83, uh, Schuppmann 70, and um, Kohli making another ton, um, it was, to me at least, it was pretty clear that India would win this. Mm. But however, I think uh, Dasun Shanaka made a very good point of his own. Uh, 100 in a chase is always worth more than 100 in setting up a total, I say. And uh, he made a wonderful 100 and 108 not out. He matched Kohli almost for strike rate as well. But his came in a losing cause. He had some support. Patum Nisanka, the opener, made 72. Dhananjaya De Silva made 47. Charita Salanka, somehow, who has not been able to catch on the same form with which he led that uh, amazing victory against, uh, I think, was it mm-hmm. England, right? So he, he's not able to catch that on. Nonetheless, he's uh, really done well. And from bowling perspective, so India had a new look attack again. So it was Shami, Siraj, and Malik, Umran Malik, with yes. the fast bowling and then Hardik Pandya, the all-rounder, Yashwendra Chahal and Aksar Patel have been the spinners in the first game at least. And look, I think Indian bowling lineup had a reasonably good outing. I think Umran Malik is learning the trade now. He's been given this opportunity. It was pretty much also the case in the second ODI. You saw that 
he proved to be a mm. bit costly to start off because of yeah, his pace yeah he, he seemed to be he seemed to be buying the wickets a bit but um you can you can do that uh when the when the rest of the attack around you is so economical i think mm. so indeed i mean given the circumstances yashwinder chahal's 58 for one in 10 overs and akshar patel's 58 for no wicket in 10 overs was a very good bowling effort and hardik pandya and mohammad siraj i think mohammad siraj really was the stand out in both the games when it came to the fast bowling because he took mm. 2 for 30 in the first game and basically at the start they were able to dismiss um, two of sri lankan wickets put them under pressure right so from 2 for 23 you would always be sort of trying to set up that platform from which you can build such a huge chase so that was denied to them so and kusal mendes is a very key batter as far as sri lanka goes at the top of the order absolutely and, and avishka fernando did not get going so i think that way i think siraj was very crucial so well it was sort of along expected lines you you could say and sri lanka i think i think i would say they went down fighting because the the end margin did not really reflect how close the game was shanaka sort of getting away some big hits and uh, clearly shanaka, shanaka loves playing india yes he does he absolutely does i mean that's the joke right nobody picked him up in ipl considering you know he would, he'll yeah face- yeah eight out of 11 indians or something every time he plays an ipl game but okay maybe uh, maybe some team out there uh, who needs a quality all rounder will pick him up cheaply these things always come because you know ipl is still uh, away away because they'll still do a couple of other t20 tournaments around the world so he might already be giving himself a good opportunity to get picked in any of these other t20 tournaments do you think uh yes and 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 maybe maybe some people um will eye him um as a injury replacement uh because one of the other all-rounders uh one of the other international all-rounders will inevitably break down before the start of the IPL mm-hmm. so <laughs> there's still hope yeah of course in any case the second one was slightly more tense so second one was in kolkata and sri lanka batted first it was sort of what you would expect a placid sri lankan pitch they sort of let it go they had the exact start they would have wanted you know if you look at the mm. um, if you look at the start they got this time kusal mendes came good you know and yep. the, they gave a debut a, a debut to a new opener so navanidu fernando 23 year old mm. very very sprightly avishka fernando sort of got a start but he couldn't carry on against siraj cut him short and then navanidu fernando and kusal mendes built a beautiful platform so they from 102 for one in just the 17th over sri lanka were beautifully set up so you know they could have paid india back in the same currency effectively they could have gone on to make a 380 390 whatever but unfortunately for them the spinners were really good so both the spinners took a wicket each in their first over so kuldeep yadav was in fact the destroyer in chief he took 3 for 51 and then akshar patel was very miserly 1 for 16 of just five overs so mm. they did really well so in that case uh, sri lanka will really rue not batting out uh, one fourth of their uh, quota mm yeah and and it's always you always you always rue not batting not batting out all the overs in a in a limited overs game mm. look shanaka was due a failure he did dhananjay disilva was strangely dismissed after the first ball he faced it was a good ball from um, Aksar Patel, I saw it live. I saw those two dismissals live. I think Kusal Mendes' dismissal was probably a very good ball. 
I, I dare say it could have been the ball of the day because it was a googly that straightened enough to beat his prod, hit him on the back leg. Mm. Once given out, that would have stayed out and that's what happened. And that was the really crucial breakthrough because he was the one controlling the innings. Uh, the debutant compiled a beautiful 50, but um, he was not really dictating the pace of the game. That was more Kusal Mendes. So his dismissal really cost Sri Lanka. Charita Sri Lanka couldn't pick it up today. Vanindu Hasaranga, I think there was some criticism I heard later on from Sangakkara and so on, where they said he should probably own a bit more responsibility because he's batting at that crucial position where he has the talent and he has the strokes to actually go through. He lost his patience. And I must say there were three dismissals like that where all of them were caught in this gully point region of Umran Malik, right? Fast mm. balls that somebody cut, mm. cut hard, but they found Patel. <laughs> so Aksar Patel in this gully backward point region. And I, I dare say two of those were very good catches. The third one was also a good catch, but two of them were exceptionally good catches because look, I think Umran Malik was bowling pretty fast. And a cut, even if it's hit very close to you, I, I feel that often enough in point to tell you that it comes really fast. It's almost like a slip oh, catch. Yes. So uh, those were good catches, I think, by um, Aksar Patel that made a difference. I I dare say maybe Hasaranga might consider himself a little unlucky. He would have another feet or two away that would have gone to the boundary. It was going fast, but they caught it. And of course, uh, so it was Kuldeep Yadav who in the end got tonked for a few runs by Dunit Velalage. But otherwise, even Chamika Karunaratna, I think, hit him for a few fours. But otherwise, I think Kuldeep Yadav broke the game open and um, he was deservedly the man of the match. Absolutely. But when it came to their chase, what happened uh, there, Leah? I think I think they they took it they took it a bit too easy. I mean, um Rohit got a very a very rapid start uh during the first overs he was um with the strike rate of over 100 and then um mm. he was he was this dismissed uh on the last ball of a wicked maiden i think it was by um ah. karuna ratna right i think it was it was yeah yeah he um he couldn't he couldn't get him away then got a slight a slight edge just just a nick through to um to Mendes uh and that was that Schumann he also got a start and couldn't go on Kohli failed this time around four of nine for him bought by Kumara and uh the standard performance this time around was um KL Rahul uh who saw who saw India home Pandya was um held down by the bowling um, Akshar Patel went along well, but um, Kay Rahul actually was the one that um, saw India home this time around, um, which must have been a good feeling after all the criticism he's faced over the last half year or so. Absolutely. I think uh, he once again reminded everybody how important he can be in this lineup. And I mean, at the end of the match, I think... Uh, the Indian management pretty much admitted a left-hander in the top six would really help them. So the absence of somebody like Pant, the only ready-made left-hander yes. you can think of that might fit into this eleven, And Ishan Kishan, who they themselves chose to not play. I get a feeling Ishan Kishan might get a go in the third game. In whose place, that's going to be an interesting call. But he might get a go, if anything. KL Rahul gave a timely reminder, as I was saying, that you know he, he played a very measured game. I think him between him and Pandya, that partnership really won India the game because 
they they took they took the spinners uh, really carefully on because vanindo asaranga bowled a 10 over 28 run no wicket spell right mm. so they literally played him out so if anything i think sri lanka were a little bit guilty of bowling more pace i think they got a bit excited when you look at the percentages of overs bowled so kumara was bowling his last over kasun rajita 9 and chamika karunaratna 8 and skipper dasun shanaka 2 you would think it could have been reversed and maybe it would have served sri lanka better where dunit vulalage bowled only 2 dhananjay de silva only 3 so if they had gotten in more overs through spinners i had a feeling they could have had india trapped a bit longer but i think initially that that high run rate set up by shreyas ayer shubman gill rohit sharma that really helped and rahul and pandya could really take their time absorb all the pressure knowing that this is never going to be a run rate pressure game right so also the that cameo by aksar patel was pretty crucial because his 21 or 21 made sure again there was no chance of any pressure returning in the end overs mm. right and then kl rahul sort of hit a few boundaries near the end and his strike rate looks better he was closer to 50 most of his innings yes and well i think kuldeep yadav was worked on his batting enough that i was a bit worried you know 25 runs left when aksar patel was dismissed you know you have these three let's say chamika bowling with his tail up three good fast bowlers and maybe lahiru kumar in one over can run through three wickets right so on a bad on a bad outing for the indian team but that didn't happen today i think kl rahul even when even when kuldeep yadav came out i think he took a lot of balls making sure you know that even if they took three or four runs on over they were fine because a boundary would come here and there which is what happened so india win the series 2-0 again not a lot of surprises if you are an india fan but uh, if you are a sri lanka fan what would you take away from the series so far do you think well i think um you don't have to um to be too pessimistic i think there were there were good batting performances in the series from sri lanka mm-hmm. um fernando um the the new opener was 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 pretty good and okay he was run out which is always a tragedy um but he looked he looked good he looked uh, composed mm-hmm. um i think maybe maybe the biggest problem is the bowling management as you pointed out um maybe use the spinners where the pitch helps them um <clears throat> they were going along fine at uh, um shanaka and de silva conceded three runs per over maybe give them more hmm. yeah i mean considering that indian spinners went well that's something i think shanaka will learn shanaka the skipper will learn a bit more or people from around the sidelines will give him some tips as well this is possible so that's one thing the other thing i would say yes you're right they have a little bit of an issue converting starts so that was sort of evident in both the games let's see how the third game shapes up for them i think they'll want to take home a consolation victory they did uh, win a game in t20s as well and it's sort of a yeah. good thing you know because they've really not been you know sort of outperformed entirely by india it's, they have been in the game no in certain parts they've been game. they've been in there and and it's a it might be a good thing for india as well because with the series uh one they can now give the bench a game during the third game uh in preparation for the world cup right coming up i think that's um that might be an interesting indian team uh coming into the next game Cons- if if they don't want to give um mm. some some of the established players uh, a, a bit of a confidence boost um by letting them 
demolish Sri Lanka in a dead rubber. But I think um, it would be it would be a good idea to give a game to to newer players to blood some talent, mm. something like that. Look, one guy I would readily say can be rested is a certain Virat Kohli. Yes, I mean considering how he plays. And considering his stature in this team, I think he gets to pick if he can play or not. They wouldn't give him an option. They wouldn't say you are benched. They would ask, "Would you like to be benched?" Yeah, yeah. And I would say yes. Uh, that that's a good. I would say that's a good idea to bench him for now, if he's ready for it, right? So then mm. you you could already fit in uh, at number uh, three, Ishan Kishan, right? Shreya Sayar needs example. more game time. I think yes. Aksar Patel has been doing really well in this ODI series and in T20I series. So the two people I would I would replace Aksar Patel with Washington Sundar, right? Excellent idea. And uh, I would see if you know even with Ishan Kishan coming in, you don't need a keeper. Then you you could think of replacing KL Rahul with Surya Kumar Yadav. Those are the two changes that come readily to mind. Mm-hmm. The, the other change is maybe Umran Malik. you can manage his load a little you can rest him give arshdeep singh a go but i have a feeling umran will play but shami may rest and arshdeep will still get a go this is the way i look at it the only thing i would say to that is that i would not replace kohli with kishan but i would replace uh kl with uh kishan and um bring in um surya kumar for for kohli So fair enough. Because ah, you'd bat them the other way. You're saying you'd bat no, Surya. No, 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 no. I no, I I probably bat Surya at at uh, at three still, hmm. but um, I would I would replace uh, Kale, um, who generally is more of an opener in the ODIs. Right. Uh, I would replace him with uh, Ishan Kishan, uh, who will also keep them. So exactly. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Let's see if they are brave enough to make all of these changes. I don't foresee all all of these happening, but let's see. That would be their way to go. You're right, right. This is one thing. And um, now moving on, if we were to go to the New Zealand and the Pakistan mm. teams, well, the series is interestingly poised. One all decided to come up shortly. So in this case, any surprises that New Zealand keep fighting, find a way back. Now they are one all. Um, absolutely, absolutely not. This uh. This new this New Zealand team is has been for the last I think three or four years they they have been very competitive um, outside of New Zealand I think in in the limited overs hmm. formats and I really think this this might be the last uh, ODI World Cup for Ken Williamson so mm-hmm. I think he has a he has a point to prove because he has been under immense pressure. the last half year he's too he's too slow for limited overs he doesn't he doesn't um hmm. he doesn't uh, win series uh, and, and and he he doesn't uh, finish games and uh, i think the 2019 final still stings so uh, yeah 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 he'll want to put that right before he goes right yeah hmm? you're absolutely right so i would say you never write off new zealand in asian conditions this is becoming more and more and more clear so when you look at it you know they lost the first game it sort of they were bedding in into the conditions they made only 255 for 9 there were solid contributions right through the order only devon conway failed but nobody really made a 50 there were a lot of 40s and 30s and, mm. and nasim shah i think he always came in 
whenever at least one or more batsmen looked dangerous he came in he took a wicket he did that multiple times i remember um michael brace was getting dangerous he got him out glen phillips was getting dangerous he got him out at least towards the end he made sure you know new zealand could not make 270 plus which would have been a very interesting score on this pitch so he was well supported by usama mir the debutant leg break bowler right mm-hmm. so um i was really impressed by how this slightly must say slightly green pakistan lineup turned up the fast bowling lineup so it was nasim shah haris rauf and mohammad wasim and if you really look at it between them they have not played more than 50 odis together so they yeah. they did really well and the spinners as well only mohammad nawaz really was the experienced bowler in that lineup and osama amir debuting took two and aga salman who's now becoming sort of a all format holding all rounder he's really really mm-hmm. good he sort of taken the place of he or he will take the place of shadab khan looks like because i never understand why shadab khan doesn't play more tests but that's something to be sorted out in the future i guess so in any case new zealand had one henry shipley who was very much like a jamison clone or whatever he he, he couldn't really get going with the ball or the bat but you know 255 for 9 at the halfway they wouldn't be too disappointed but you know this was solid solid chase solid subcontinent mm. chase fakar zaman got off to a good start between him and babar they kept the run rate going never got the you know the run rate pressure build and even though sort of they required a runner ball a little bit more than a runner ball after 30 overs in these conditions if you have wickets in hand you don't panic so babar azam 66 mohammad rizwan 77 and fakar zaman 56 haris rohel whom i actually like very much i don't know why he doesn't play more in pakistan colors but he was back in the squad he made a useful 32 and then aga salman came and finished it off with mohammad rizwan so um actually new zealand spinners acquitted themselves quite well 2 for 44 for bracewell santner no wicket for 43 glen phillips who's now i mean i think he started as a keeper if i remember now he bowls very useful leg breaks uh, off breaks and he's mm. he took um, you know he took one for 35 but a bit costly right so um, here again i think tim saudi can do a bit more and they're definitely missing bolt aren't they Yeah, I would say so, but I think they miss him they miss him more in um in T20s and tests. Uh I I always thought uh ODIs were his weakest format. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're right as well. So, so I don't I don't I don't know uh if they if they miss him that much uh, in the ODI setup, but um well, he was he was still uh, a great performer for them. even in the ODIs right but in any case i mean what i meant is those i think tight overs up top and usually one or two breakthroughs as well and mm. he gets you that inevitably maybe one breakthrough before the 10th over is done and that that would have been crucial in the game in a chase like the middling chase to 55 surprisingly the second game not a far away total from new zealand batting first right so devon conway made 100 a beautiful sublime better than a run a ball 100 kane williamson did his the usual steadying job 85 100 but then nobody nobody made any score except mitchell sandner i don't know what happened the entire new zealand middle order failed to turn up mitchell ladham glen phillips michael bracewell all single digits mitchell sandner sort of shave, uh, saved their blushes i might say Because yes he, without his 37 you would see pakistan probably chasing this in like sort of a total that sri lanka got today against india that's what new zealand would have gotten and pakistan would have chased that mm. quite easily so when it comes to pakistan's bowling i think you know pakistan's fast bowling held up well in the first one second one not so much because mohammad wasim haris rauf were uh, no show i mean they were there they sort of were 
giving a good control but nasim shah proved very costly he took three wickets nonetheless and mohammad nawaz was the steadying influence usama mir again a very steady one for 42 you you take mm. that from your spinner all day i think in an odi and um, aga salman a bit costly but you know 261 you would still think same template right exactly same template but then this is the difference saudi sort of did something they dismissed fakar zaman for a duck imamul haq couldn't get going right and i was i was shocked when i switched the tv on and i saw ba- pakistan was 66 in the 22nd over almost in this chase i'm mm. like really you've really fallen behind what happened here so that's when you see it's the spinners so mitch santner and michael bracewell so between them uh santner one for 34 in 10 and bracewell one for 29 i think they bowled good restrictive lines right both of them off break mm. bowlers and so the was able to then be a bit more imaginative and glen phillips again right so you see mm. 30 hours of spin bowled by new zealand was so restrictive that um pakistan were always chasing the net run rate i mean they i don't think they had a net run rate of uh more than four and over even up to the 40th over only near the end i think sort of uh, babar azam mm. hit out a little so babar azam was was sort of uh sub 60 strike rate i think that that was a killer there he was hoping to pick it up but new zealand was just consistently good in the field and with their lines and lengths so you saw that you know this is one of those cases where no great talent really but very steady bowling and good backing up in the field that's all new zealand did and they won the game yes and and um it's always always bad to lose both uh your openers within within the first five overs in an ODI I think um lose one okay mm-hmm. but 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 two is and one of them for a duck mm. doesn't make it better and um they were under the pump from then on um the next the next uh position to strike at um over a hundred mm. um Osama Mir I think Aga Aga Salman Aga Salman yes oh man I think that run out of Aga Salman was the real turning point because he was going really well and he had yes correctly picked up the run rate and it was a very unfortunate run out it was again just like the run out of uh, the debutant Fernando in Sri Lanka game where it was generated in the field there was not exactly anybody you could blame but just the maybe one of the batsmen was caught a bit ball watching in both cases the non strikers in this case it was Babar who was a little bit ball watching but it was purely generated in the field and i think aga salman i saw this dismissal like he overcommitted and there was no way he could have gone back so it was just good fielding at point and the stumps were thrown down or it was given to the you know it was given to the uh, bowler and that was that so it was mm. very unfortunate there i think if aga salman had gotten maybe 20 30 more balls you would have seen that pakistan would have mounted a serious chase you know it would have gone into the 48th over and maybe you know they would have lost by 10 runs if that if if not maybe they would have even won so that would that that's the difference for me you caught it right he, he was he was he was batting with uh, with with baba at the time yes uh, and if i think if um aga salman had had stayed in uh baba azam might have picked up mm. the pace and that would have been very interesting i think absolutely and usama mir can bat so usama mir and nawaz both of them failed usama mir is in mm. series you can imagine but yes. so both of them couldn't really get going and that cost pakistan as well but it's okay i mean it sets up the series nicely you know they have played a two test series no winner they have played two odis no winners so far and it all depends on now the um you know now the uh, def- the decider tomorrow so i'm very curious how that goes for pakistan 
and uh, new zealand i think would be buoyant they would uh, they would be very happy with their results in the tour and they would want to go home with a win right absolutely all right do you foresee any major changes for new zealand or pakistan for tomorrow's decider i don't don't really think so um hmm. i didn't i didn't catch anyone having a niggle so yeah you're right i mean i think shipley might have to wait for a stone again they will not new zealand will not touch their uh, spin contingent that's been pretty Absolutely good enough and uh, when you look at the squads i mean pakistan could think of replacing somebody and other things but i think i think knowing that they did the job in the first odi not a lot of tinkering is required and you know what pakistan will hope is their fast bowling lineup turns up whether they bat mm. first or bowl first their fast bowling lineup with haris rao for somebody really turning up and doing well i think they would be very very much happy i think haris sohail will still get another go hasnain is in the squad he's been sort of uh, missing the really fast mohammad hasnain i might think mm-hmm. he might be paired with nasim shah ahead of uh, ahead of mohammad wasim i get a feeling they'll retain uh, they'll retain uh, this guy they'll retain haris rao for his experience and control mm-hmm. so that's the one change i really see no other real change not, yeah but not a bad shot either mm. yeah just that you know the wow factor with the pace but you never know if you get into the hands of set top order batters they'll just milk you they'll just what happened to umran malik today and oh, yes. they'll just those were just a little bit of width you know they are so fast a little bit of width you can't really put a field behind a square on either side of the wicket if there is width or if the ball is short it will go to the boundary immediately because of the pace so that that's going mm-hmm. to be an interesting uh, that's going to be an interesting challenge if you are a skipper as well that's that um now if you were to take a quick look at the t20i that happened so this is happening in zimbabwe so zimbabwe hosting ireland and well zimbabwe had a surprising uh, top order batter in their 11 uh, lia uh yes um uh it's uh ordm gary balance uh, G- gary balance yes yes gary balance i mean it was interesting in as much that um craig ervan the skipper of zimbabwe opened so first of all it was a low scoring game so yes. even team stores zimbabwe they are good if they are able to restrict the opposition to just around 120 even when they are away for example if you remember how they beat pakistan in that uh, t20 world cup it was them sort of restricting pakistan to 120s i think and mm. are their their team making 120s and their bowlers defending that so that was interesting so again today 114 from ireland they would be a bit disappointed from their middle order so bill balbirni sort of uh, opening because i think sterling is uh, away playing some t20 leagues so mm. they had a few new faces stephen doheny the keeper and then somehow their middle order didn't stand up so curtis camford did 20 make 20 runs and then garrett delaney in the end made sure they crossed 100 but otherwise it was a sorry performance from uh, ireland and um so zimbabwe i think are without uh, muzarabani i think he got married very recently so he's not available yet so richard engarawa and tendai chatara opening the bowling did a very good job brad evans who's very very quietly impressing the way I was also surprised when Brad Evans did not get a very good contract at the IPL this time. But that guy is a very good pick. I mean, um, if Marco Janssen mm. can be picked, I think Brad Evans also has the same promise, right? So let's see. Let's see if somebody picks him up. Maybe I made a mistake here, but I don't think anybody picked him up. He's a really good pick, by the way. 
So um, Brad Evans, good fast bowler, see. right arm fast bowler. Yes, no, no, he's 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 not been he's not been picked up, but mm. I think that's 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 the problem of playing for Zimbabwe. I fear. <laughs> You might be right as well. Even him and between him and Blessing Muzarabani, you would think there are two cricketers along with Sikandar Raza who would probably make a, you know, make some mark anywhere they play. But all right, Sikandar Raza got to go. We really hope, you know, again, these two people are on somebody's radars, uh, some team's radars. So in any case, um, I think Sikandar Raza is also away playing, if I'm not wrong, in one of the leagues. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, He's not in the Zimbabwe squad either. And Zimbabwe made an easy, easy work of the target, really. Basically, Gary Balance on his international return made a good, very good 30, which was which was the second highest score in that chase. And uh, Sean Williams used all of his experience, made 34 not out. And they have a new keeper, a newish keeper, Clive Madande, who used mm-hmm. the long hand a little bit towards the end and made sure they won with two overs to spare. So Ireland will be itching to go uh, back on the field, trying to make a comeback. So this will be a very interesting series for me because um, Ireland are yet to sort of learn how to travel well. I think they're still sort of learning that art. So this is um, a three ODI and a three T20I series. So the results I will be watching very closely because I think it will be very evenly contested. Let's hope so. It's a it's a bit surprising to me that that um, Ireland. Uh, don't really travel that well, even in the limited overs um, formats, where you would mm. normally assume um, the pitches uh, are relatively uniform around the globe, because um, everybody wants this bish bash bosh um, betting product that you can sell on TV very well. I think um, the pitches across the limited overs formats are more comparable um across the world hmm. in contrast in contrast to to test match pitches it's easier to win um a limited overs game away from home than it is to win a first class match is what i'm trying to say here now that makes a lot of sense <laughs> i think the the limited overs pitches are more uh, stacked evenly between the skills and uh, you would expect test pitches as well but then test matches the longer you go on the more your core skill will win out uh, in this case, even bits and pieces cricketers will be very good. And uh, what you said really that, uh, you know, the pitches being what they will be, they are giving even the touring team a good chance. So in this case, um, Ireland will be very keen to make a mark because uh, I think even even they weren't particularly good before when they traveled, when they toured West Indies and other teams, they struggled. Uh, mm. Them being... I think them being a bit uh, bit underperforming in certain conditions would be expected. I'm, I don't know how often they got they get to tour Zimbabwe. And believe you me, I think the pitches might be a bit tougher than they appear, right? The pitches in Zimbabwe, you always, almost always see um, low to middling score there. Uh, 150 mm-hmm. could be a very, very high score, I think, on those pitches. The pitches will support the bowlers as well a little bit, maybe a bit up and down. So in that case, you know, 120, 125 is a good score. So you see that often when Zimbabwe plays. So, as I said, I'm going to keep an eye out on that uh, that tour. It's going to be interesting. Before we go to the news um, mm-hmm. from around the cricketing world, I wonder if you saw this interesting tournament in uh, South Africa that has started, a T20 tournament, because I was just looking at the um, mm-hmm. I was just looking at the results. It says Super Kings won, MI won, 
the capitals one what is all this leah let me have a look at the table they've had three games so far only but I yeah, think- yeah yeah they they had, they had three games uh, and i mean um yeah it's it's a bit it's a bit um strange to look at this um because all these all these franchises of course are basically hmm. overseas dependencies of um ipl teams <laughs> um, hmm. and um well i mean I'm glad they placed uh, the Sunrisers in the Eastern Cape and not in the Northern Cape, which is the most westernmost province. <laughs> that would have been stupid. Well, um, well. Yeah. <laughs> I think your sort of common sense is not really taken into account by the marketing buffs. But nonetheless, no. at least it, it worked out. Yeah, and I've been, um, I've been following it a bit because um, I think Paul was... Um, out there with um, the Cricket Fanatics uh, magazine and uh, YouTube channel, uh, Mpo, uh, who is one of the guys from Gorilla South Africa. Right. Um, right. So, um, yeah, the the worst thing for me is that uh, Tom the Demon Boy Child Curran plays for uh, my <laughs> franchise. Which would your franchise so, be? Um Cape Town, because... Um, MI Cape Town, I see. Yes, MI Cape Town, because uh, in the IPL, uh, Fulbanians is my team. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, you see some of these things, right? Faf Plessy, who's the skipper of uh, the Bangalore franchise in IPL, I think he captains the Super Kings franchise in the SAT20, doesn't he? Mm, let's see. Uh, Joburg Super Kings, does he... Yes, he does. He does, actually. So, you know, he's he's been in a yellow jersey for long enough that, you know, a bit of that may have seeped in. He may have uh, put on a bit of red on top of it, but I think mm. under it is uh, under it is a strong yellow tinted uh, color. And I think he's just going back to that. But yeah, I mean, look, I think they are all professional enough that they're able to make these differences. They're able to deal with one franchisee for one tournament, another for another. And he's very much valued. Once one, he's a local boy. He's a very well-known boy in those parts. And of course, also, you know, he brings a lot of skill. He's led teams throughout his career. And why would they not use him, right? So this is a good thing. Absolutely. And in any case, see, what I am really looking forward to is South African cricket needs a little bit of a revolution at this stage. All their teams need a bit of a revolution, right? So South Africa... I think get a chance to rediscover their young, young talent once more, homegrown talent, whatever is not pushed by certain other teams around the world, that they get to keep and they can build a strong core around it, starting from T20. I think you have people like Donovan Ferreira, you have all of these people, right? So there's this Corbin Bosch, there is um, there is Divit, I think um, all of yes, the, yeah, all of these people. Mm-hmm. They will get a chance to come come to the fore once more. People like Quinton Dukaku sort of gone a little bit back in in the in the news. They might get a chance to stake their claim again. So Stubbs, all of these people, right? In any case, so I meant Devald Brevis. Actually, I said David. I'm sorry. No, I, I, yes, Devald. Yes, but nonetheless, yes, yes. that guy. So I'm I'm looking forward to this tournament. As always, in a T20 tournament, I never get in at the start. I get in close to the knockouts. I'm going to keep an eye out and see how it goes when the knockouts come around. 
we'll probably discuss this in one of the upcoming episodes but uh, i don't know if you've been following it a bit more and you have a favorite team outside of your sentimental favorite of course which is the mi team um no i'm well actually i'm it's a it's a it's another um it's it's bad to say this but it's another t20 franchise league and um it's a new team and i i don't apart from the logo and stuff like that i don't have any attachment to to any team so mm. um it's <laughs> it's it's rather interesting or it's it's nice because you can you can follow it you can you can watch every game and there's nothing riding on it uh you can you can watch it purely for the cricket and um you can appreciate um every every innings um clearly uh without without having to uh well curse curse some player uh who's in good <laughs> nick because he's he's doing well against your team so um that's that's always good um and i think um it's it's relative, it's it's pretty important for for south africa to have it to have it televised um around the globe because um no one watched the um domestic t20 competition no one did mazansi super league i guess that's the one you're referring to mm because now people watch it because it's uh it's televised properly uh, around the globe fair enough i mean i think uh, it's very much targeted to as much a uh, online audience or on air audience as much as the local ones i think that that, yes, that distinction has to be picked up as well you're right and let's see let's see if they capitalize as you said this uh, also the south african cricket board can capitalize a bit when it comes to filling up their coffers keeping some things back for their reserves let's see if they really benefit now moving on let's take a look at some of the other news from around the cricketing world so another tournament another shakib tantrum so shakib banamul nurul all three have been docked 15% of their match fee for arguing with the umpires i think this this was another meme video where shakib went walked up to the umpire a little bit threateningly and started gesticulating and how oh, high yes. the ball was oh yes 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 i remember that so uh, yeah hmm. where well, he has to control his temper a bit more hmm. but he's he's always he's always had this problem i mean that that fire is important if you are a player right so that's good but maybe he needs to channel it right and now it is uh now it is a little bit uh, getting ahead of, out of hand because now this is he's been the captain he's he's the captain and always a senior player when people sort of look at you and they follow you you don't want to be setting this sort of an example people people from that part of the world are known to be a bit fiery but uh, he would do well to put forward a more statesman like uh, foot forward whenever he gets an opportunity so but all right it was just a wide but you know how important even a single run yes. is so it can be that in in his defense in his defense i'd be frustrated as well uh, if i had to deal with that bot all the time like he does <laughs> you could be right you know it's his way of sort of rebelling against the setup the man uh, he just does it against umpires but i mean look when you look at the reply there was no doubt it was a wide it was just a bad mm. decision but bad decisions come and go and in any case um yes i hope as i said he sort of uh, picking it up and being a bit more statesman like statesman like in any case that's one news the other one is a slightly interesting one as well where um you know australia who had previously forfeited or cancelled 
a one-off test against Afghanistan in uh, November of 2022. Using the same reasons that the Taliban is not giving women and children uh, much opportunity uh, in the in their country, they have cancelled the ODI series, which was uh, meant to be happening between Australia and Afghanistan in um, March of 2023. Right. So, and as a result, some of the Afghani players have decided to walk out of the BBL. Do you see this as a positive development? Do you see the statement that the Aust- Australian Cricket Board is putting out is working? I, I don't. I don't think so. And this is this is the problem. I can I can absolutely see that point. Um, sport is very important, and I mean, cricket did it to South Africa during the apartheid era, um, and I think that was the right thing to do. Um, I also think that. Um, this is a this is the right signal to send but it's a it's a it's a bad situation because the Taliban won't won't change anything you can't you're not you're not um persuading the Taliban you are you are basically just punishing punishing the fans hmm. um it's a it's a it's a no win situation for both sides i think you're right. You're right. I mean, I don't know if they should uh, lead with their foreign policy as one of the deciding factors, Cricket Australia. But look, there are other teams around the world who do this. Uh, India does it. And later this year, it could be heading into a direct confrontation if Pakistan insists on holding the Asian Cup on their shores. So we'll see how that really comes. But yeah, you're right. In theory, cricket and uh, Cricket and politics should not mix, but sometimes that's one way of sending out a big signal to those that are looking on. And I think I think the um, the situation between between India and Pakistan um, is not comparable um, because this is mm-hmm. that's that's much more muddied and and uh, it's a lot of um, well, actually, it's it's a lot of. Bad decisions and and jingoistic saber rattling on both sides, <laughs> um, mm. stuff like that. Um, whereas whereas the Afghanistan issue is is pretty clear cut. Um, Australia says if you want us to come, um, universal human rights are a prerequisite for that. Mm. Uh, it's it's harder to fault Australia for this decision. Um, and it is to fault uh, India and Pakistan for not touring each other. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think I accept that uh, premise as well. It makes sense what you just said. And um, yeah, in either case, I really hope both the situations change. But we'll see. I think Australia is taking yes. a stance on behalf of what they think is all of developed or developing countries. Afghanistan, I don't yes. think the current regime will give a jot. So it's, as you say, only the players and those that would normally get to see some good cricketing contests suffer. But mm-hmm. Let's see. So also the team's growth of Afghanistan itself is stunted and that itself is the point I think Australia make. But let's see. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's see how that goes. So uh, in other news, so Sandeep Lamichane, who had been remanded to custody on a rape accusation, he has been given bail today. Uh, the bail is 2 million Pakistani, sorry, Nepali rupees. And, um, well, at least he can't leave the country. And it seems like a very serious one, given that he was the ca- captain 
of the national team and uh, some of these things that we hear is not very nice but he's he's been in he's been in judicial arrest or judicial custody for more than 4 months already so he's mm. he came in october 6th back to nepal and he's been held in jail since so well it seems um it's time he be given a chance to prove his innocence i don't know if it also means immediately he'll get to play because he can't leave the country so he cannot play his trade in any of the out uh, outside leagues but nonetheless i think he missed all of the um all of the nepal t20 cup that went on recently so that itself is already that itself is already mm. a big uh, blow but nonetheless i mean he's young he's only 22 so i hope he comes out with his uh, reputation restored and continues to do well for his team he's he's a talismanic player for nepal yes sunthi yes and uh, it, it's a hmm. yes let's let's just let's just hope uh, the nepali board handles the situation better than uh, the ben stokes um <laughs> embargo situation right right i mean they did their best there and uh, this is a far more serious charge afray versus a rape situation is far more serious nonetheless uh, you are right uh, england cricket board in hindsight could have done a bit less maybe not more but all right that's one thing um in any case um you know you you think even in as developed a country as india or as developing a country as india and as advanced a cricketing culture as india let me put it like this women's mm-hmm. game would have the same would have the same weightage as the men's game but it's it's, it's probably uh, as you know uh, the way things are done in certain regions in the world i suppose it has nothing to do with the advanced cricket setup because three women umpires who are currently on duty in the current round of ranji trophy so rati janani and gayatri they are actually making history for the first time ever that women umpires are standing in ranji trophy games right so as i said it's it comes as a surprise you think this would have happened already but uh, good to see that uh, this sort of things are now taking place where at least it started with women umpiring in women's games now it women umpiring in other games all games so it's good because this has nothing to do with gender in this case it's very important that uh, you know it be seen that way but i think it's it's um that's that's just the way it is uh india has come as a society has come so far um since the end of the cold war i think that was um mm, really the thing really the thing that uh freed india to um make societal changes to 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 develop much more rapidly and i think it's 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 inevitable and i think it's it it's not that unexpected um and even even cynics will have to say a women's ipl is just a matter of time because there's money in it there's a lot of money in it money is one thing also the culture itself right so that's the other thing and uh, let's hope at least from money perspective people that bring in the money put in some conditions where more equality has to be pushed right yeah i mean that's i mean that's the thing if i if i were a total cynic i would say this is too much money for the bcci to to not earn to not make um and i think if they do it it will bring a change in the culture and and this is the cynics the cynics perspective my perspective is um they will do it because it's the right thing to do hmm 
exactly now that's how it should be brought in i suppose into the setup and then it becomes a normal and uh, then it'll carry on from there so for example the amount of time they took to start a women's ipl and we really hope it goes through this year so let's see how that mm. how that develops so nonetheless uh, positive developments uh, in for women's cricket in this region and the next one well miki arthur was being quoted by pakistani board for a second stint as a coach but looks like uh, this this um, arrangement might not come through because the talks we read have have fallen through it looks like this has been an initiative set up by the new regime in pcb where I, if i remember right i think uh, najam sethi was also then the board chief when they appointed miki arthur for yeah. the first time when it was, I think so as well. initially misba and then when misba decided to say he'd had enough they brought in miki arthur and under miki arthur they had good good processes even though they didn't have the same kind of results this time they were hoping probably also for more results nonetheless um see arthur is uh, contracted long term with darbyshire and maybe he can't imme- immediately leave that and come so that's that's the reason why um they are continuing to look for a new role because saklain mushtaq whose contract is basically going to run out at the end of february might really not might really not get a renewal from this board from what i see mm. he is he's mm. not done particularly badly but i think his his um under his stint the test match series results will be held up as a mirror yeah and maybe his lack of his lack of being able to communicate effectively how the western western coaches are able to uh, communicate to the media not to the players i think to the media that mm. might have sort of you know put it uh, put him up for a fall and this uh, this new regime will probably will probably want a change sometimes even for the sake of doing a change let's see because sarfraz ahmed was also a favorite of arthur and arthur was one of the people who sidelined umar akmal if i remember right he's never been back since so i think he did a lot of right things he bought processes ahead of mavericks and uh, that that's a good thing but let's see if uh, you know miki arthur has a i i dare say he has a stint at uh, india as well coming up sometime in the long future long term future i think let's see if it materializes um before we go away one last news that uh, you know santner santner has been chosen to lead new zealand's t20a squad in india so after this squad uh, after the tour of pakistan new zealand also stop over in india in mm. t20a tour and it looks like um, both kane williamson and team saudi have opted to be absent and mitchell santner will be the can you captain for the t20a squad right so well exciting times so ben lister has been chosen as a fast bowler who will get a chance to be in the squad for the first time and um, well new zealand squad does look a little bit um a little bit light in terms of experience but i think i think they'll do well nonetheless they always punch above their weight they have good bunch of spinners who are very who are very um, you know good in these conditions now so let's see if they are able to make this happen just just looking if 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 sandner has any i don't think he's any test uh, any captaincy he has uh, he may have captain new zealand in one or so um ah okay yeah yeah one of captain captaincy stint okay but yeah hmm yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting nonetheless so one thing i forgot to mention when i mentioned the sat20 um they have made one change where the team can be declared after the toss oh yes right so that's something different 
and it might be one of those one of those things that might come into cricket more and more in the coming days and months and years where usually you always declare a team and then you go for a toss nowadays you might just go for a toss then declare a team based on whether you won or lost it gives you one more chance to sort of tweak the team if required based on whether you won the toss or not this is more effective in t- in uh, shorter formats the shortest format most mostly the longer the format the more these things sort of probably even out but yes and and yeah and, and i think i have a I have less of a problem with um, something like that that you declare your team after the toss than with uh, declaring impact players and super substitutes and stuff like that but we, because <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I don't I I'm not sold on those yet. Um but basically um declaring a team after the toss let's let's be real here. What what does that mean? Uh it means you have two team sheets. Mm. Well, you don't have, you have a team sheet. You print it after no, the you, toss. <laughs> no, 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 you have you have two team sheets ah, printed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh you have one team sheet that you present in case you're betting first and you have another team sheet in case you're chasing right <laughs> right 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 makes sense makes uh, sense looking looking at it from a from a uh strategy game player kind of view that's that's what you do in in those situations you you have to you have to uh to plan for your contingencies beforehand you can't make it up on the spot based on the and because there's only two there's only two outcomes for you either you bet first or you chase um so you just print those out if they if they hadn't communicated this change no one would have noticed because the captain just hands over a team sheet hmm. yeah yeah i mean for sure these are all done <laughs> beforehand look even in our level we have to enter the team 11 before the toss in theory yeah but sometimes of course. we always at least make sure it's there before nowadays all the scoring happens online mm-hmm. it, that means you have to have a 11 in place before the first ball can be bowled so that's that's good so you have to already mark the toss and everything so then it it helps but in your case you're right uh, that uh, you know they'll probably have two team sheets planned Absol- they absolutely have huh? so it's good <laughs> that's interesting um all right those were all the news that we wanted to discuss in this episode so thanks once again for uh, taking part with uh, us and uh, as you say as i say you always bring a very unique perspective and uh, much appreciated both by me and all our listeners so have you anything new to plug um not not at the moment um only my um twitter handle at capital l i n u x capital l e a Um for everyone um who speaks German there might be something in the future not related to cricket but more to geek stuff I'd say uh pop culture mm. something like that <laughs> uh so so if you if you speak German um are interested in that sort of thing and um are not afraid of listening to a to a long form essay Uh, or podcast about stuff like uh, the underlying psychology in I don't know Judge Dredd something like that mm. or uh, a literary critique of something like Rogue Trooper 
<laughs> wow, that's a new um, one for me as well. Then, then, then I might, then I might have um, something up your alley <laughs> coming up, hopefully. It's a pity that's but, in uh, German. Otherwise, I would definitely listen. Yes, it, yeah, it, 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 it's going to be in German. Um, but um, hmm. of course, I was very delighted to be here, and I want to thank everyone uh, for listening to this and for having me back. Thank you very much. I enjoyed very much. Thank you to you as well from me and from all our listeners. So I also wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. And I would like to wish them a goodbye. Bye, everyone. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.